when people ask me, Jeff, how are you doing? I say, awesome. I love the way it sounds. But the word awesome has lost its awesomeness. We use it for everything. My wife is awesome. That meal was awesome. That experience was awesome. Listen to the different ways we try to make good stuff even better. Like, how many besties can one person really have? Or, that was the greatest day of my life. How many times have you said that? I believe we've slowly killed great things trying to use our superlatives to one-up each other and make us sound better. In this episode, we're going to try to figure out how we can really see that God is awesome. I'm thankful that you took time today to pull up a seat. I hope these few minutes together help you follow Jesus better by deepening your relationship with Him and helping you live intentionally for Him every day. As we continue to focus on Jesus and what He did for us, whether you're practicing Lent or just trying to go grow closer to Him, the practice of adoring and worshiping Jesus may, must be part of our spiritual rhythm. I define worship as my best attempt to properly respond to an awesome God. There's that word awesome again. How is it possible to use the same word to describe God and that burrito that I ate last night? In culture, the word awesome means to inspire awe. It also has a less formal meaning which carries the idea of excellence. In the Bible, the term, the term means we get the meaning that it's an emotional, it's an emotion combining honor, fear, and respect before someone of superior office or action. So it's all this stuff mixed together. But when I think about awesome, I don't honor, fear, or even respect that burrito. I just want to eat it. I need to fear and honor and respect God. I believe that we've lost the fear of the fear aspect of God by trying to make God more appealing to the masses. As we've tried to, to make God more acceptable to culture, we have reduced him down to an idol that we control. We have emphasized his love and neglected his wrath and his holiness. We've concocted a God that we can control and that we're comfortable with. And by doing all this, we have weakened him or we have reduced him to an idol. We've put him on the same level of that awesome burrito that we had with a great group of friends at our favorite Mexican place in the coolest city on that perfect day. So to help us recapture the concept of a great God and live in fear, honor, and respect, let's look through the Gospel of Matthew to see how people responded to who Jesus was and what he did. I'm convicted about how I respond to who Jesus is and what he's done for me. Listen to this. After the Sermon on the Mount, the crowds were astonished at the teachings of Jesus. Go look at Matthew chapter 7, 28 and 29. After the calming of the sea and the storm, the disciples marveled. Go look at Matthew chapter 8, verse 27. The people were afraid and glorified God after Jesus helped the paralytic in Matthew chapter 9, 1 through 7. In Matthew chapter 12, 23, the people were amazed after Jesus healed a blind and a mute person. Astonished, marveled, 
afraid, amazed. When was the last time that you felt any of those things when it came to Jesus? You might say, Jeff, Jesus hasn't done any of those things in my life. I would kick back and say, Jesus has done way more than that when he forgave you. I agree with you. I haven't heard Jesus speak like they did on the Sermon on the Mount. I haven't seen Jesus calm a storm or heal, heal a blind person, but I have seen him work. The biggest work that Jesus does is rescue us from our sin and restore us back to a relationship with him. With him. This is a miracle that we should be astonished about, that we should be amazed at, that we should marvel at and have a fearful awe of who Jesus is. So how did we lose our awe, marvel, and fear of God? Here's how. Over the last few years of church history, we have tried to make Jesus and God more appealing to the masses. So we have reduced God to the one who loves. Now, that is true, and the Bible says that God is love. But it also says God is a lot of other things. Go back and listen to the Stuff About God series in episodes 24 through 9. 24 through 29. We've neglected God's holiness. Our view of God is so shallow, we don't stand in wonder. We don't fall on our knees in awe and fear. We aren't amazed. Another reason we aren't amazed or in awe is because we don't have a proper understanding of our sin. Once again, to become more appealing to the masses, we have minimized sin. We have reduced sin to our actions and our behavior. Sin is deep and it's complex. It affects everything about us. It starts in our heart and lies at the foundation of all that we are and all that we do. Sin is a big deal. But because we've neglected the, lay, the complexity and layers of God to make it easier for the masses to come to him, we have dimmed his glory. Therefore, we don't marvel. Because we've reduced sin to bad behavior, we have made our salvation shallow. And we don't have a reason to be afraid because none of us are really that bad. When we realize the greatness and the holiness of God, when we truly see that God is awesome, we will worship, we will fear, we will be in awe, we will marvel, we will adore. When we realize how bad our sin is and that it is at the heart of who we are and it's the thing that separates us from God, we will appreciate all that he's done. We will exalt God. We will glorify Him. We will worship Him. We're going to end this episode by reflecting on God with the hope that we fear, marvel, adore, and respond to the one true living God. Here are some verses for us to think about. Jeremiah 10 says in verse 6, There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great in might. Verse 10 of that same chapter but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth quakes and the nations cannot endure his indignation. First Samuel 2 verse 2 says, There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no one like our God. There is no rock like our God. First Chronicles chapter 17 verse 20 continues this idea. There is none like you, O Lord. And there is no God beside you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Psalm 86, verses 8 through 13. 
There is none like you among the gods. O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. Take some time. Just create some space to read through these verses this week. Think about God. Think about his greatness. Ask God to deepen your sense of wonder and awe and respect and fear for the one true living God. I pray, this, I pray that this episode helps you strengthen your connection to God. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of Pull Up a Seat. If you've not yet subscribed, do that now so you can get content as soon as it comes out. Also, please help us get the word out by sharing on social media and inviting others to pull up a seat. Until next time, grow in your relationship with Jesus and find one way to live intentionally for Him. See you next time when we pull up a seat.